Funk Radio is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Fun fact, your host, Kyle, and your host, Peter, don't exist unless you're listening to Funk Radio. So we're it's a- been a while. We're AI robots. Yes. So if you click stop, we will cease to exist. Yes. So that's why you must we're listen like, to Funk Radio all the we're, time. We're like that Japanese pop star singer that's actually just like a program. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's that's basically us. When you stop listening to us, we go into the internet. We're like Ultron. I totally saw that movie last night, by the way. How was it? Uh, it was good. It was fun. It was explosive but it was really complicated, like in a not-fun way. Too many storylines going on. Hmm. I think, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, I think Marvel's gotten to that point with the Avengers movies and all the different, you know, individual character movies that they're trying so hard to tie everything in this little movie universe together that it's starting to get complicated and, like, detrimentally complicated, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know if that's going to end up turning people off or if they're going to kind of allow some of their future movies to kind of just be future movies and not feel the need to tie them into, you know... Each other. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. I liked it. There was a lot of really fun action sequences and just awesome humor. <laughs> Lots of humor. So much humor. Well, that's cool. So yeah, good stuff. What do you say that was a really long movie, Kyle? Yeah, it was two and a half hours. That's pretty long. Yeah. You know what else is long? Songs. That definitely sounded like a lead into an inappropriate joke. It did. But um. You know what else is long? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, now that we got that out of the way, something else that's long is uh, the songs that we're going to be talking about in our episode today. Yeah, we actually found a lot. I mean, we I guess... we did. Um, the The main premise for today's show is we are trying to find versions, full versions of funk slash possibly disco songs that are really long and. In our case, over 10 minutes long. Um, which you, I mean, generally, I think everybody knows that generally a song probably stays within, what, three to three five to minutes? Three to five, yeah. So obviously these are not the radio versions that you would hear um, normally. You know, whether or not people know it, there are in many cases longer versions of those songs that do exist. So in this particular one, we wanted to talk about some of the longer, longest ones we could find. Um, I don't. I found a bunch. I don't know if you were able to add to this list at all in Not terms really. of songs. No. Okay. At least when I was looking, you know, trying to make this collection of songs, um, I had a few different uh, criteria I was thinking about. Um, one is that these songs couldn't be a medley or any kind of mix of multiple songs. Um, it has to be one single song by itself that it lasts this long. Because I mean, it's easy to find a mix of songs that's longer yeah. than ten, but. The second thing was that it can't be someone's extended remix of the song, whether it's some amateur person or whether it's a famous, you know, DJ or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be the original song. It can't be a an extended mix of it. And um, the third thing was that it must be the original studio recording. It can't be an extended live version that was recorded later. Um, that I think seems we've talked ha- about this before. Yeah, that seems to happen a lot. With, like the live recording will go on forever and ever because someone has a solo or... Right. They just start slapping the bass. Once you start slapping, you can't stop. Yeah. Um, so it, it can't be, you know, a rendition they do later that's a lot longer in a live performance. It has to be the original one. Mm. And then the last cr- criteria I had was it must be at least 10 minutes long. Ah. So, and even with all those criteria, uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten songs. Nice. Um, there were actually a couple that were really close to 10 minutes, but not quite. But I, And I ended up taking them out just because we already have so many. Yes. Um, but there are definitely songs, you know, in the same vein that, you know, 
easily extend eight to nine minutes long. And we're going to play all of them in their entirety. Two hours of funk. No, I'm kidding. Oh, man. Well, we I should, wish we could, actually. But I was going to say, we should have added up the times and seen how long it would have been to actually play them all back to back. Well. Too much math. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. That's too much. Um, so, usually um, on the show, we kind of go through a list of, you know, six or so songs following a certain topic and we talk a lot about each one of them um we're not going to talk a lot about each one of these songs just because there's so many um i kind of want it to be partly you know we'll have a couple of fun facts about each song but also i kind of just want to have a good, more of a general conversation um about these really long versions of songs maybe like the reasoning behind them or you know if there's a interesting you know story behind why it was so long or something yeah i don't know um, I guess to get us started, were there any in this list that stood out to you or ones that you're familiar with? I mean, I, the, the funny thing was, honestly, I'm familiar with like almost all of these songs, so it's kind of funny that songs that are this long end up becoming actually very popular songs in their own right and don't end up being just some, like, you know, B-side, you know, super long thing that they just made, you know, that didn't end up going anywhere. Mm-hmm. A lot of these songs are, like, really popular, if not the most popular songs by this artist, but, and oftentimes, you know, they're cut down for radio or, or whatever, but they're, you know, in their original format, a lot of these songs are stupidly long. It's kind of fun to think about. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you watch a movie and then you watch the director's cut and you see everything you missed. <laughs> it's like watching the yeah. artists. It's like listening to the artist's cut of a song. Yeah. And I think that's actually probably the best way to describe it, really. I feel like when you have a version of a song that's over 10 minutes long, you know, 10, 11, 12, even 15 minutes long or more, mm-hmm. and we do have a couple of those here, that that's really when the artist is able to express themselves in the most full way possible. Yeah. Versus, you know, obviously the radio stations or a record label is going to say, well, we want to we wanna play or release a single, but, you know, obviously it can't be 16 minutes long. True. Because um, people's attention spans are short, so... You know, they have to cut, you know, edit it down to a short version as well. But I think it's, I, I, I personally find it really interesting when there is, uh, you know, a very drawn out version of the song um, in any case, because you can kind of get a sense that this was like their true vision for what it was supposed to be. Mm, exactly. That's a, that's a good way of putting it. I think the one that stuck out to me the most, because I didn't realize how long it was, Hmm. Although it is James Brown songs and all of his stuff is really long, <laughs> is um, "Papa Don't Take No Mess" by James Brown. It's yeah. the story behind the song is actually almost funnier than the song itself. It's I don't know if, if a lot of our listeners know James Brown recorded a uh, soundtrack for the black exploitation film Black Caesar in 1973, and he uh, was picked up to write a lot of the songs for the sequel called Hell Up in Harlem. However, the director of that film, Larry Cohen, didn't really like any of the music that Brown recorded, so he just said, screw you, and rejected all of it. And he ended up hiring Motown's Edwin Starr to replace him, the guy who wrote War. What is it good for? Yes. Uh, Brown didn't want all of this music he wrote to kind of go to waste, so uh, the majority of this the songs that were on this next soundtrack ended up becoming his 1973 album, The Payback. And, however, this song actually, this particular song ended up on the preceding album to that, um, called Hell. But he basically, like, wrote a, so- wrote a bunch of songs for this, I guess, sequel to this terrible film. They rejected him. He's like, well, whatever, I'll just make, I'll just use my own album. And well, good for him, him, I guess. Yeah, the album was was pretty successful, even in the mid-70s, when he was kind of waning. I'm kind of surprised that they rejected James Brown's music. I know. For no a, wonder, a black exploitation movie. No one rejects James Brown. He's James Brown. He's black and he's proud. That's true. I, I knew that Edwin Starr did the soundtrack to Hell Up in Harlem, and I knew that James Brown did Black Caesar. I didn't realize that one was the sequel to the other, though. I didn't either, to be honest. Although that seems kind of like a trend with black exploitation movies, is like they'll have these sequels, but they'll have completely different names and sometimes different actors. actors. Yeah, it's like how is yeah. this a sequel? 
exactly. Um, so yeah, now we're going to listen to Papa Don't Take No Mess in its entirety. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys have 13 minutes and 51 seconds to set aside. Once again, that was a clip of Papa Don't Take No Mess by James Brown. Play the whole thing. <laughs> you know, one thing I will note, I, I forgot this is something I was going to bring up, but I think this is as good a time as any to talk about this, is that um, in some cases, a lot of these songs, the extended versions are really kind of repetitive. Yes. Um <laughs> Maybe that goes without saying, but it's not always that, oh, oh, because it's three times as long, it's just there's all oops. these parts of the song that you missed. It's more of the same musical themes and stuff. It's just kind of repeated in yeah. slightly different ways. Yeah. Like, I think for like five minutes straight, he just says, Papa don't, Papa don't, Papa don't, Papa don't. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that that would be one reason why some people would not like the longer versions potentially also if if you if you have i guess what we can call musical add mm-hmm. um and you can't listen to any one song for more than two minutes then these would definitely not be something to put on your playlist yeah most definitely not we actually have another speaking papa of related, papas yeah speaking of papas we have another papa related song papa was a rolling stone by the temptations um i feel like even the original like the the regular version of the song uh-huh. Most people know. Isn't that kind of long, too? A little bit longer than usual? Yeah. Um, I want to say that for the single they released, when they truncated it, it was like six minutes or something, a little over that. Uh, it looks like the single was released um, with the song actually split in two parts. The A-side was the vocal version. So I guess that's like the version that people know. Yeah. When they're actually like... singing the verses and stuff. And that runs at six minutes and 58 seconds. That's the long. b-side is the instrument i guess the instrumental half mm-hmm. of this thing um that goes four minutes 49 that's interesting actually that they released it's essentially the entire song but it's released in two halves it's yeah broken up into the you know the instrumental in the middle or whatever wherever that light lies and the vocal part hmm that is I, don't, I don't think in most other cases that really happens yeah where they re- they actually do release both like as sides of a single. Mm-hmm. That's huh. interesting. Uh, so I mean, I guess even though they split it up into these two parts, I mean the the A side actually, as I said at the beginning, is is actually longer than usual, running at almost seven minutes long. Most songs are not that long. Um, despite this, it actually is one of you know one of the most popular you know chart topping songs in history, and it's one of the longest as well. It was not the longest in 1972. Um, the longest number one song of 1972, excuse me. Um, that was Don McLean's American Pie, which was eight minutes and 33 seconds. I think I think the early 70s was like the era of long songs because everyone was stoned. I was just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> so I everyone forgot. Stoned, yeah. I know this is going to sound really dumb, but I remember when I was really little seeing like you know those 90s commercials for, like, those CDs you could buy, like, on, you know, on order? And then whenever they would show the songs, they would, like, scroll up and, like, list the songs. <laughs> I remember yeah. there was a CD that was advertised a lot. I don't know if it was, like, PBS or whatever the hell I was watching when I was, like, three or four. Mm. But it had a bunch of, like, 70s folk music, and it had America, you know, Horse With No Name and all that. Mm-hmm. And it had this song, American Pie. And... I, I don't know why it just stands out. You know what it stands out to me? I think probably because I think um, I think they pl- would play this commercial during, uh, the Bob Ross stuff mm. because I was, they would send they syndicated that on PBS even in the nineties. Okay. And they would play like, oh, buy this you know super set of six CDs of bunch of seventy shit, <laughs> and it includes such hits as bye bye Miss America bah, and like all that shit and right. I don't know why. I just associate that with Bob Ross forever. 
That's so weird. I've never had that association. I know, right? I guess because they have those commercials on PBS. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because, yeah, it's always like, buy our CDs for a horribly inflated price because it's basically the same as donating to us. You could buy six CDs for $119.95. Four easy payments of $256. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Um, did we listen to a clip of... Papa's Rolling Stones? I don't think we did. I don't think so either. Okay, well, let's do that. Papa don't take no Rolling Stones, cause he's a mess. Papa was a Rolling Stone by Temptations, um, a song that a lot of people know, but a lot of people don't know the, I guess the, the full length of that is almost twelve minutes long. That is funny. Yeah. Well, I gotta give it up for them. There, uh, that's a pretty famous song. There. Oh God, that was a bad tie-in. <laughs> We've definitely done worse. This is true. Speaking of giving it up, um, the next song we have on our list is "Got to." <laughs> Shut up, Peter! God damn it! I'm trying my best! <laughs> the next song we have up is Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye, which clocks in at 11 minutes and 52 seconds. Yay! Those of you might uh, might remember the song because we talked about it numerous times because it was the song at the center of a lawsuit between the Gaye family and Robin Thicke because people are like, Robin Thicke stole our song! And after, what, two years or whatever, they yeah. finally settled it. Yeah, and with, with the gays. With in favor the, of the gays. Yes, in favor of the gays. It's funny, though, because um, with this particular song, because it came out in uh, mid-'70s, Gay and his uh, kind of his label mates at Motown were starting to feel the pressure to record kind of more dance-floor-friendly hit, disco hits. Because this result... I mean, that's another good topic to talk about is that in the mid to late 70s when disco was really popular song length like exponentially grew because mm. they, you could play a 12 minute song because people would just dance to the during the instrumental part and really the whole thing so that's that absolutely another reason why some of these long ones exist yeah that wasn't nearly as un, as unheard of um it's funny though with this particular song because gay kind of resisted the urge to jump on this thing that he knew was an obvious fad hmm. so he kind of had an idea to parody the, the disco genre so the original title of the song was going to be Dancing Lady which was a response to Johnny Taylor's song Disco Lady that's really funny I never knew that yeah but then I ended up changing to Got to Give It Up well Disco Lady is a good song it's a good song I think Gay probably was just like oh you know Johnny Taylor jumped on this disco bandwagon. I'm gonna make fun of it by parodying parodying his song, so to speak. Hmm. So did he did he make this long song because he had to, or because he wanted to make fun of the I whole thing? I I don't. I think he made it long, partially in response to oh they did a disco hit, so I'm gonna make this long song that they're gonna think is an obvious disco hit. But at the same time, he wanted to kind of subtly poke fun at it and you can't mm. have a disco hit that's like three minutes long right that ain't disco that's funny I never really knew that background of this song and I'm trying to think whether that comes through when you're listening to it I guess not because I've never really thought I, about that my, my, my assumption is he was more intent to parody the the song with the title more so than the lyrics you know uh, what I'm saying okay. like he, he was just gonna call it something like you know some pick some famous disco song like Disco Lady and then just pick a name that's similar that's kind of, you know, a satire of it. Right. Like, I like to dance. Disco. Well, the the lyrics of the song are about basically getting on the dance floor and, you know, finding someone to dance with. Maybe that was his thing. He just kind of wrote, like, vapid dance lyrics, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's... When you think about the lyrics, it's pretty much the most generic type of disco, I guess type of lyrics you can think of yeah pretty much um when you boil it down to that but i mean in terms of like the the beat and everything i i love this song this is yeah, definitely one of my favorites by him 
for sure. Should we play a little clip of it? Sure. a short clip of a very long song not to give it up by marvin gay which uh the full version is almost 12 minutes long i uh i this is some of, i think some of these on the list are can be even for me because i i really like the long versions of songs uh-huh. if i can listen to them um some of them get a little repetitive repetitive after a while this one definitely is but at the same time i don't have a problem listening to the full version of this mm-hmm I don't know why. Like once that beat just gets going, like I feel like I can just listen to it for a really long time. Oh, that reminds me. I forgot I was going to bring this up on this episode. And this song is actually a really good point for me to bring this up. Did you ever check out that thing that I linked to you? I forgot. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, So listeners, if you don't already know, apparently someone sent this to me a couple nights ago. Apparently it's really popular on Reddit right now. Uh, It's called the Infinite Jukebox. Anyway, I think it's I think it's infinitejukebox.com. Um, anyway, so if if you go there, there's a, there's a whole bunch of archive of songs people have uploaded, or you can upload your own. And what what it does is, um, you know, any song that you choose, it will kind of it'll quickly read the data of the entire song, and then once you start playing the song, it'll find pieces in that same song that are similar to other pieces. Uh, basically, find all the pieces of the song that are identical to each other. Uh-huh. And then at any given time, there's a random chance that when it's playing one of those, it'll switch to the other in the song. And it's really hard for me to explain this with words. Um, but basically what this does is that because it keeps jumping to another part of the song that's identical, um, first of all, it's mostly seamless. And second of all, it lasts forever. So that's why it's called the Infinite Jukebox. It will literally just play a given song that's theoretically endless. That's and funny. It's basically a mathematically driven extended mix of any song that you want. Huh. Not only is that really fun to play with, and it's an inter- interesting concept, but also I felt like the timing of that was pretty perfect. For this Because someone episode. sent this to me like literally the day before we were actually going to record this originally. Oh, that's funny. Um, and so not only are there songs that do exist that are very long, but you can actually, <laughs> any song that you want now, you can go to infinitejukebox.com and you can... <laughs> play this, an infinite long into I was gonna say this 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 sort of reminds me a little bit of that program we discovered where you can slow down songs and we would slow down songs to be like 20 minutes long because they'd be cool. like 20 times slower so it's like really ethereal sounding yeah that was fun too was um fun. but yeah I mean this this is obviously plays it at the regular speed and it just yeah, yeah. loops it in a such a way because it'll play like for example I'll play the intro and then it might jump to like one of the other verses in the song and then might joke because there's you know if, in a song in any given song there's usually multiple parts that sound exactly the same true so it like the refrain for example it may jump to the first time they say the refrain it might jump to the last time That's um, but at the end of whatever refrain that is it'll just jump to another part of the song and you can adjust parameters and stuff to fine-tune it a bit because mm-hmm. it's not always perfect but um, for the most part, it's, it does a really good job. And it doesn't, like, skip when it's jumping to different parts of the song. It's seamless. That's really funny. Um, part of the reason I wanted to bring this up now is because I actually tried a few of these songs from this list on that just to see how long I could go listening to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was almost... This got to give it up by Marvin Gaye, I believe, was one of the longest ones I could do. Um, I listened to it for, like, 23 minutes or so. Nice. Before I ended up stopping it, and I still wasn't tired of it. I, I definitely could not say that for some other songs I tried. Yeah. Um, sometimes it would go like, you know, two or three minutes. And I had to stop because it was just way too repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, this one works really well. And I mm-hmm. think because of the, because there's there's verses in the first three, four, five minutes of the song. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of it is, a, is is more of just kind of like the beat is going and he's kind of just like saying random stuff. Nice. Um, and because of that, it sounds it's a lot less it actually sounds a lot less repetitive 
because it's not like he's singing the same verse over and over again. It's more of just like these sounds and him saying random things over the music. But since there's, you know, eight minutes of that to pull from, it kind of just jumps around there randomly and it doesn't really feel like it's repeating that much. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if you'd be able to do that for some of these other songs. Like, they're just so repeatable, repetitive. Maybe Rapper's Delight. I know we have that down further in the list. Um, Let's actually talk about that now, because I was actually about to mention that one. (laughs) That's the other... I think that was the only one I actually listened to longer. Nice. And it worked really well. Well, Rapper's Delight is so... I mean, it's a rap song, so it's... They're just rapping the whole damn time. America. They are. And, you know, I specifically chose... The, um, the ver- well, I guess we'll, well, you know, we're talking about the, the longest version of this song, yeah, which is 14 minutes and 35 seconds. Yes, and I actually I felt that this one worked really well on the infinite looping thing um, because there's so many different verses to pull from. Mm-hmm. Like even though some of the parts are repeated, mm-hmm. it still works like really. The, it still flows really well. I, I really enjoyed this one, listening nice. to it for you know 25 minutes or whatever. That's impressive. Yeah, they occasionally they play the extended version on the XM station I listen to, but oh, know, that's, that's cool. rare. I feel like XM has a higher chance, like the specific channels have a higher chance of playing like the longer versions. Yeah, because they don't have to, you know, splice in a commercial every 15 minutes. So, Yeah, I guess that's another reason why you don't hear it on the radio. That's true. But uh funny thing I found out about this song is that Obviously, oh, and the Rapper's Delight is by the Sugar Hill Gang, by the way, listeners. Sorry. Oops, sorry. Um, yes, the um, it, the Sugar Hill Gang originally released this song not as an album, but only as a single, because Sugar Hill Records didn't think that an entire r- album of rap music would sell well. And it's <laughs> since then, it's appeared on different compilation albums of theirs. But since this probably pretty much is literally the first popularized rap song the fact that they're like oh let's just make a single because the whole album of rap music is you know no one's gonna buy that that's really funny i never knew that yeah and it's it's really ironic too yeah exactly (laughs) exactly should we listen to a clip sure okay this is hip the hop the hippie to the hippie to hip hop (laughs) you don't stop rappers delight now what you hear is not a test i'm rapping to the beat and me, the groove, and my friends are gonna try to move your feet. You see, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello. Or to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, and the purple, and yellow. Peter, does this give you the hibbity-jibbities? It does. Nice. Um, that was the short clip of Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. Obviously, an extremely short, small piece of something that's... I was gonna Very say. Yeah. I was gonna say. My one of my bucket list things is to learn the entire song and be able to <laughs> sing it. Uh, I can do bits and pieces of this song, but not the entire thing for sure. Yeah. I think part of what helps um, make the song work at that length uh-huh. is that there's. I'm trying to think. There's maybe there's at least four different guys who kind of swap back and forth rapping in this song. Yeah. So it helps. I mean, it helps them because they're they're freestyling too. So it helps that they can kind of pass it off to someone else. So it's not like one guy's rapping for fifteen minutes. True. <laughs> but it's also you know it's it's helpful for us too because their voices generally sound pretty similar, but they're a little bit different and they're usually talking about different stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I I really like that song, and I I don't have that's another one where like I said I don't have any problem listening to the full version. Me neither. Uh it's pretty good. Another song that I I would assume would work well, but I don't know. You could tell me, Peter. I don't know mm. if you did it. Is Maggot Brain? Did that work? I actually didn't try that one. On the... actually, in hindsight, no, that wouldn't work because you would just go insane after like eight minutes. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't end up trying this one, but maybe you listeners can, or you can, Kyle. You can okay. tell us okay. on the Facebook page. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Maggot Brain um, is a famously long song uh, by the funk group Funkadelic. And that runs at just over 10 minutes, at 10 minutes and 20 seconds. Um, really impressive thing. Um, just like Rapper's Delight, um, Maggot Brain was recorded in one take. Nice. So, so the way that they set this up is that the, the, the band's leader, George Clinton, surrounded 
the guitarist Eddie Hazel with a massive this massive amount of amps, and he told Eddie, "Okay, play your guitar like you just heard that your mother had died," and then after that to play like his mom was actually still alive. So basically, this entire song is one long funk guitar solo, and it's really slow and somber and everything. But it's actually one of the best known funk guitar solos of all time as well. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie Hazel's actually a really respected uh, guitarist in kind of the, the, the guitar world, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I guess in the funk world as well. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I was trying to think because like Parliament and Funkadelic, I feel like they have other songs that are over ten minutes. I think Flashlight is. I might be wrong. I don't know. I want to say it's around eight or so, but I could be wrong. Um, but I I know Maggot Brain is definitely like the one I could think of that was really long. Well, they're notorious for long songs. Yeah, and I and think themselves. yeah. I mean, they're 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 definitely one of the leading groups when it comes to like because you were saying like 70s songs got really long because people were high yeah and i i think parliament slash funkadelic is no exception to that rule no Uh, because they must have been high as shit when they were making (laughs) songs and actually i can kind of imagine that maggot brain would be pretty fantastic you you know if you were high probably so I guess that sort of explains... That's one of the many reasons we've been talking about in this episode. Drugs could be one reason for long songs. Drugs is the only reason for long songs. Drugs and disco. And even disco is fueled by cocaine. That's true. Speaking of songs that people probably wrote high, um, another one that we have on the list is Chameleon by Herbie Hancock. That's the only way I could describe the song, is he probably just wrote it while he was high. It's it's a very good jazzy, kind of funky jazz song. Mm Mm-hmm. And we've talked about Herbie Hancock before. He's like a pioneer of both jazz and kind of even kind of the techno scene with that song "Rocket." Oh yeah. Um, but the song is—I think it's actually the longest one on our list. It's 15 minutes and 41 seconds. I don't even know how that yeah. works. And they cut it. They cut a single that's only like two minutes and 50 seconds. And the fact that you're able to cut something from 15 and a half minutes to two and a half minutes probably means you're putting a bunch of shit in there that don't matter <laughs> like maybe <laughs> i'm i'm all for i'm all for like you know artists using their experimentation to kind of put stuff they want in their songs but the song man it's just it's just long i i you i definitely used to be more into this song than i am now i haven't yeah. actually listened to it in a long time um, yeah and you know when when i did used to listen to this more often i could listen to the whole thing in one go it is a really good song. I think it is worth a listen if you people are interested in hearing some of these. I think this is definitely one that's worth listening to. Uh, at the same time, it's not the most... It doesn't vary that much stylistically throughout the song. There's not a whole lot of different things that are going on. And it's mm-hmm. relatively simple, musically speaking. But I think it's definitely a really good kind of a mix between jazz and funk. Yeah. Um, obviously because you know he did come from a jazz background which i think personally i personally i think that explains the the length of this song because i feel like a lot of jazz songs are really long too uh-huh. um so to me that sort of the to me that's the kind of the reason why yeah this one's makes, so long that makes sense but also just stylistically speaking um it's kind of an interesting mix that is true have you listened to a clip yet I don't know if we have. Let's do it again! Or for the first time. (laughs) The entire thing! (laughs) That was Chameleon by uh, Herbie Hancock, which... You only listened to a very short clip, but the the original length of that is 15 minutes and 41 seconds. Ooh. I actually might go and listen to the 2 minutes and 50 seconds version, because I'm just curious 
what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah. What do we got up next, Mr. Peter? Um, I ain't got no tie-in. We have a few more songs we want to mention. I'm trying to think which one I want to talk about next. We we've mentioned. I, well, let's let's talk about disco because I, I had a couple under disco here. Okay. And um, we've mentioned it, but we haven't really gotten into one specifically yet. Um, another one of the the longest ones um, I could think of was kind of an obscure European disco, I guess, uh, of the late seventies. Uh, a song called "Get on the Funk Train." by a group called Munich Machine, although I learned later this is actually basically just a name that Giorgio Moroder came up with to release this song. Nice. And if you guys don't know, he's like basically the godfather of electronic music. We I th- we talked and about him we talked about him when we talked about uh Daft Punk's album. That's true. Because he's on it and does mm-hmm. stuff. Didn't he also uh do a lot of stuff with uh what's her face? Donna Summer. Yeah, that's it. Donna Summer. Yeah, so he he was big on like the transition of disco to electronic music, basically, mm-hmm. in the early '80s, and I guess late '70s as well. Yeah, and actually, when when he was a big part of that Daft Punk album a couple years ago, that's kind of when I like learned who he was for the most part. I'd heard of him before, but I didn't really know like what kind of extensive influence he had on music. And so that's kind of when I realized, oh, because I remember like reading that. Munich Machine was Georgia Moroder a long time ago, but I didn't really that didn't really mean anything to me. Ah, but now now I know it's like oh that was actually just him with some pseudo name for some reason. Pseudo is it pseudo name or pseudonym? Oh, I guess it would be pseudonym. No, I, I really did, I, I really word. did I really didn't know. I was like I was, I thought I was saying That's it funny. wrong. Um, no, I guess it would be a pseudonym. I guess. Um, this this is an interesting because I was really into this song a few years ago. Uh-huh. Um, I had actually hadn't listened to it for a couple of years until recently when I was, you know, because I, re- I remember that that song was nearly 15 minutes long. It's 14 minutes and 58 seconds. Um, so pretty close to uh, the last one we just mentioned. But uh, I feel like this one actually in terms of how much stylistic variation there is, I feel like this one actually does a bit better considering its length. Because um, there are multiple different themes that it kind of plays through and it kind of jumps back and forth between different pieces of that. So while some are really repetitive, and this one's sort of, I mean, you can't have a 15 minute long song without it being repetitive, at least a little bit. But generally, I feel like this one actually does probably the, among the best of the ones we're talking about today in terms of not being super repetitive. Yeah, yeah. I know I was just listening to a couple of clips of it. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I honestly have never heard the song before, I don't think. Well, like I said, it's a really obscure song. I actually, I've, I do not remember how I stumbled upon this song. Basically, all I know is that it's really obscure, and it's by Giorgio Moroder, and it's kind of this uh, from that like weird European disco era. Yeah, because I think it lasted longer over there than it did in the U.S. Yeah, probably. Like because I think it got over there late, so it lasted longer there. You know. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of. If anything, I feel like the transition between disco and electronic music actually happened in Europe. I don't know a whole lot about that, but I feel like that's kind of what happened. Because we had disco in the U.S., and then it faded away. And then it was really popularized in Europe. And then we kind of had electronic music. and There wasn't a whole lot of transition. But stuff like, um, you know, early electronic music, house music, like that stuff is extremely, at least was extremely popular in Europe. So I feel like if there was kind of a geographical area where that transition happened, it would be there. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially like Germany and France. Yeah. That area. Germans. (laughs) Should Um, we listen to a little clip of this? Yeah, I think we should. And again, since there are so many kind of different things that happened in this song, you're only listening to one small piece of it. But, you know, if if you're interested, if you can, if you want, if you're one of the people who can uh, stand 15 minutes of disco, then I would, I would recommend Get on the Funk Train by Munich Machine. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's probably a good introduction to that. Yeah. I'm hungry. Me too. I always say my thoughts on Funk Radio. I have to <laughs> That pee. explains a lot. <laughs> I ha- Basically, anytime I have a bodily function, I-, I have to describe it. I've just farted. I have to pee. Speaking of infernos in my ass, um, the next... <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know whether that's one of the best or worst transitions we've had on the show, but pretty pretty sure it's the best. Um, another disco song we have is "Disco Inferno" by the Tramps. Uh, this song clocks in at ten minutes and fifty four seconds. Um, mm-hmm. A fun thing about this song is that the Tramps keyboardist uh, Ron Kersey actually wrote the song with Leroy Green, and they were inspired by a scene from the 70s movie The Towering Inferno where a disco on top of a building is on fire. Oh, that's funny. So it was actually literally on fire. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but like in the 70s, there was like mid-70s, there was a lot of disaster movies. Towering Inferno, Poseidon Adventure. Hmm. Um, That's about it, really. (laughs) Like there was one about like radiation or something. I don't remember. Um... (laughs) But, um, yeah, that movie inspired this particular song, because it never made any sense. I'm like, why, why is the disco on fire? We don't well, need I mean, no water, like, you, you, could, burn. You, you could say it's like, oh, man, that person's on fire on the dance floor, meaning they're yeah. really dancing. But Yeah, I think that was their interpretation, probably. That's um, kind of funny that the inspiration was a disco that was literally on fire. Exactly. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, right. Um... Not much more to say about the song, because it's just, it's, it's a disco-y song. This is kind of the quintessential disco song, if any. Yeah. You know, it, when it, I think a lot of people, when they think of disco, they probably think of this song. You know, as, as much as I admittedly like this song, I don't know, I us, I don't think I can usually get through the entire 11 minutes. Yeah, I wouldn't it's, say that I could either. It's just, I don't know, It's there's not a whole lot of different things that are happening, it's sort of repetitive. It's disco. It's what it is. <laughs> That's not to say it's not a good song. It's just I no. personally find it hard to get through 11 minutes of it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, unless you're physically like at a club dancing and gyrating, then yeah. no. <laughs> this, this reminds me of the time me and Faisal went to, the, to this magical MILF bar in Anaheim because they were playing a lot of disco stuff and it was just a sad event. I forgot the name of the bar, but... Oh, was it Foxfire? Something like that. That's that's the one in Anaheim. Yeah, my friend Faisal's like, yeah, there's a lot of older women there. I'm like, (laughs) okay, if that's your thing. So we went and it was literally like all like Asian and white women in their like early 40s to 50s listening to like... 70s disco music and I'm like oh my god please kill me <laughs> it was it was oh, a, it was something to be experienced but, yeah uh, I, I never got the chance to uh, experience Foxfire even though sadly. I think at least a few times you guys were encouraging me to join but Peter you could have a nice older woman she could be your sugar mommy that's exactly what I dream of a sugar mommy <laughs> sure just to be a boy toy to some older lady uh, no, 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 that's not really <laughs> not really working for me. Um, let's li- let's just listen to a small clip of Disco Inferno by the Tramps, okay. and you can imagine Kyle making As- a Disco Inferno on the dance floor with older women <laughs> with a tramp stamp. <laughs> Once again, that was Disco Inferno by the Tramps. Pretty much the most popular disco song of the 70s. We have two more songs. I'm going to mention the one that we don't have... For, I'm going first to mention the one we don't have much to say about. Okay. Um, which is the the funky hip-hop uh, song Bop Gun, One Nation by Ice Cube. 
which features George Clinton, who we mentioned earlier as being the leader of the funk band Funkadelic, but also Parliament as well. And so, I mean, in terms of funk music, George Clinton is basically like, well, I mean, there's a few different people, but he's uh, he's definitely one of like the top, uh, you know, influencers of the funk genre. Yeah. Um, so it, it is cool to see a '90s funk or a '90s hip hop song that features George Clinton. And basically, is just an extended uh, mix ish. It's 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 not a mix of funkadelic or Parliament songs, but it's they take a whole lot of lyrics and like refrains from those songs and they kind of mix them together with hip hop with other refrains that Ice Cube does as well. Speaking of Ice Cube, did you see the trailer for the the new biopic movie they're making about uh, NWA? I did not, no. It's called Straight Outta Compton and I guess Ice Cube's son or someone actually plays him and looks exactly like him. That's really funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like a biopic about the early 90s rap scene, and it looks pretty interesting. Well, you listeners should check that out. There, Like I said, there isn't really much I can say about this song. Uh, I believe it was in 93. And it's if, if you like kind of a mix between funk and hip-hop, this is definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, since we're mentioning in this episode, uh, it's pretty long. The full-length version is 11 minutes and 17 seconds. Jeez. I, I feel it works pretty well. Yeah. Should we listen to a quick clip? We should. Okay. Do you promise to fuck? The whole fuck. Nothing but the fuck. Hit you with the pop gun. Bust a cap with my pop gun. Gotta hit you with the pop gun. Bust a cap with the pop gun. Hit you with the pop gun. Bust a cap with the pop gun. Put some ice cubes in your drink. Put some ice cubes in your iced tea. Because they're both rappers. <laughs> what about vanilla ice? Yeah, that works too. Put some vanilla ice cubes in your iced tea. Ice ice baby. Yeah, exactly. That was a clip of Bop Gun in parentheses One Nation by Ice Cube featuring George One Clinton. Nation under a groove. Yeah. Getting down just for the funk of it. I, yeah, I'm done. Um. There ain't no stopping me now. Uh, and there also is an, our last song in the list called Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead. Which is ironic because after this song, we will be stopping. <laughs> yes, we picked a good end song. Ain't no stopping us now, but but seriously, we have to stop now. Um, John Whitehead, which is a very unfortunate name, hopefully he didn't have acne, claimed that he made up the lyrics uh, to this song on the spot in the studio and did his vocal in just one take. So that's the third really? song. That's the third song of these on this list yeah, that was supposedly done in one take. Because we've mentioned this song before, obviously mm-hmm. not the, not you know in not, terms of the length. Yeah. Uh, which did you already mention? It's ten minutes and forty-five seconds. I don't think I did. It's ten minutes and forty-five seconds, like Peter said. Yeah. And um, I don't remember. But I feel like we talked about like how McFadden and Whitehead made this song to combat like the the record producers or whatever for their label who were being jerks and like we're trying to like push them to go in one direction musically and they were like hey we want to do our own thing Mm -hmm. and so but also it kind of became like a song of empowerment for black people as well because it it is a really positive and upbeat song yeah and the message i guess is in the title ain't no stopping us now um i guess i would i i guess i could have put this one under disco in our little list here. Yeah, I was kind of thinking this maybe it, could have been a disco song. Because this one pretty much is a disco song, more or less. Um, but So that's weird that you said that he came up with the lyrics on the spot. Because I, I, I wasn't sure if they had you know come up with a concept before that. But maybe the actual lyrics themselves, they hadn't really thought of. Maybe. I don't know. But um, let's listen to a short clip of Ain't No Stopping Us Now. So that was Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Um, by, Mc, by McFadden and Whitehead. 
Yeah, that too. We may not have mentioned this was uh, this came out in '79 at the tail end of the disco era, so it probably really could have fallen under disco. Yeah, I mean, even the way it sounds too. I mean, I, I think you could you could stick it uh, in there without any real opposition. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number ten on the disco charts. That's sad that they even actually had disco charts, uh, and it went double platinum, selling over two million copies. That's a lot of copies. So very. Pretty much every song we picked in here was actually a really popular song. That's what's so funny about them all being so long. Yeah, that, that is actually interesting, because you can imagine that someone can make a really long song, and everyone's like, yeah, this is long and boring, we don't care. So it's not yeah. popular, but... Well, I guess we should also mention that the the short versions top of the charts, not the, not the, you know, yeah. the 15-minute version. Yeah, that's a, very, that's a very good point. People don't have that kind of attention span. So yeah, I think that has unfortunately forced us to stop now. Um, we are stopping us now. No. So yeah, that was our large list, our long list of long songs. Hey, but I'm bum. Yeah. Um, we hope you enjoyed them, and we hope you can listen to them all in full while smoking weed and doing cocaine. And remember, um, if you know, obviously you can look at uh, take a look at the songs that we mentioned in this episode, and if you want, you could support the artists as well. Um, but. If there's a song that you want to hear an extended version of that we didn't talk about, you can go to infinitejukebox.com and play around to that. Yes. And uh, you too, Kyle, because I, I, I feel like you would really enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. You sent me the link. I just unfortunately never got around to playing with it. Yeah, no do worries. That. But if you hated or loved any of the songs that we talked about or could not stand 12 minutes of a disco song or whatever, <laughs> tell us on Facebook at facebook.com slash get your funk and i almost forgot what it was <laughs> <laughs> slash something, something something about funk radio we should change it to slash something something funk <laughs> um likewise you can go to overmental.com that's our host when we can listen to us as well as other cool podcasts um if you're into movies if you're into tv um pretty much anything pop culture related um they have a lot of other podcasts on there as well and they're pretty awesome so you can check those out i can dig it well i guess that wraps us up then it wraps our delight for showing you all these which is also ironic because it's not a delight to wrap up our show today no because we'll miss you and and remember in just a minute here once the episode ends we will cease to exist so yeah i'm kind of scared hold me kyle Hold me, Peter. No. For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening.